This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Everyone's a critic, jointly presented with Chindana. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everyone's a Critic. I'm Sharmila Ganesan. And today I'm joined by Ellen Lee, who is an arts writer, as well as um, a recent participant in the Chandana Aswara Arts Writing Mentorship Program. Thanks for joining me, Ellen. Oh, thanks for having me here. So today, Ellen and I are going to be reviewing a visual arts exhibition, which is called Pause KL. So we're looking at Pause 2, because it's basically being unrolled in uh, three phases, Pause 1, Pause 2, and then Pause 3 is in Penang. So this particular iteration of it is currently happening at the Tun Perak Co-op and will be on until the 25th of April. So the exhibition was curated by Sharmin Parameswaran and this current uh, version features the works of six different Malaysian artists. A fair number of installation works, uh, some combination of photography and video, video work and so on. And... Loosely speaking, it's described as artists' reactions to this year of lockdown and pandemic. Um, and definitely that's the vibe you get from the works. Um, before we sort of get into specific uh, works and what we liked, I wanted to get your overall sense of the thing, Ellen. Um, well, I thought that um, the artists featured in the show were evidently like very skilled and talented at their respective mediums, but I thought that the overall exhibition kind of lacked cohesion and it was neither here nor there. And um, I didn't uh, feel particularly strongly about it either way, although I admired the artworks. I think that mirrors what I felt. It was in a weird way... Um, Lesser than the sum of its parts, if that makes sense. Because each artwork in itself, I quite enjoyed, uh, some more than others. But overall, I think I came away with not a lot to hold on to. And in a weird way, I was like, it kind of feels like the last year. Like I know things happened, but nothing stuck with me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the you said like some of its parts, right? Well, for me, the sum didn't really add up to anything in particular like um, for me the artworks all felt siloed off into their respective corners and like um, there was no overall sense of like direction or purpose to sort of uh, piece them all together but I think that it that, that that's sort of like the signature style of the curator herself Shamin. Um, my experience with like her past curation is that her style is, is quite lax quite hands-off and she allows the artists to speak for themselves like with the artwork statements that are posted at um by each artwork but um and i i sort of get why she does that to give voice to the artist but i don't i think it could have been i i think it just didn't really work here and it felt a bit random <laughs> That's interesting, right? Because you're right. Um, so the Tun Perak Co-op is a very distinctive space. Um, mm -hmm. It has that shop lot, shop house feel with all the wooden floors and you kind of um, enter and exit into different spaces. There are lots of doorways and windows. So in many senses, there's a lot of opportunity for work that we could be quite exciting and interacts with the space really well. And I've seen Sharmin do uh, work like this, um, for instance, during, I think, Urbanscapes a couple of years ago in the Urbanscapes house. And I enjoyed that experience very much. The They had also put up false walls and partitions, which I think helped. But I think that 
um, that sort of looseness was interesting because you walked in and out of rooms and you almost felt like you're walking into little worlds onto themselves. This one kind of felt like you're right. You kind of stumble upon something in a space. You're not sure where one artwork ends and the other begins unless you start reading the statements. So eventually what ended up happening was, to me, each piece stood for itself without a lot of cohesive connection, which um, which is which is fine because the artworks were interesting. I just mm-hmm. wish, I think, that uh, as a as a show that's kind of billed as a, co- a collective artistic response, I would have liked to come away with more. Yeah, and I think like the the space itself, right? Like Tun Perak, um, I think it recently opened last year or so. And uh, it's a very, very beautiful space. It's like a vintage shop house. I think they they kept uh, most of the original architecture, but doing some minor renovations here and there. Um, but I don't think it would have been my first choice for an for for uh, an art exhibition because um, it's you know like it's near the Masjid Jamek LRT station. It's right uh, by the, the the street and it's very loud, kind of like dusty and um, very very hot <laughs> and um, humid. And um, maybe I'm like a bit conservative when it comes to art exhibitions. I like it to be like indoors in an air conditioned space and like just plain walls. And I think maybe in this um, in this exhibition, like the lack of curatorial direction allowed the space to, in a way, overwhelm mm. the works. So like it, it was a bit distracting and there was nothing from the exhibition to latch onto. So I wanted to um, just mention the artists that are involved in this particular exhibition. Um, and just to run through that list, those are Alicia Lau, Amani Azlin, Sisi Kwa, uh, Emily Chow and Lim Jing, uh, Nabiha Hai and Ang Jia Yi. And they are very different artists and they present actually very, very different works. And I think that was both... I think in the wake of everything we've just been saying, that was both the strength and perhaps a little bit of the weakness because they're so different and so disparate. Um, On the one hand, you're like, oh, okay, I didn't expect to be thinking about this or that or experiencing this. But on the other hand, then you're like, okay, but but what is this beyond everything being put together in a space with no connection? Um, I wanted to ask whether coming away, did any particular work kind of stay with you more than others? Okay, yeah. So like I said, I thought that the, all the artists are fairly very skilled and talented at their respective mediums. And um, uh, I, I quite like them. So I liked all of the works like individually. Uh, but I think my personal favourites were probably... Alicia Lau's installation, which had like uh, these like screw shaped uh, semicircular structures on the ground, and then like these like funnel shaped structures on the wall, and they are both and they're all like um, arranged like in horizontal, vertical, or diagonal directions to mimic the uh, hands on a on a clock face. Um, so I thought it was a very nice way to symbolize of uh, time and repetition. Um, I also like. Um, Emily and Lim Jing's work, it was a collaborative work, which was a sort of like tapestry of like uh, acrylic sheets interlinked together and with a huge tree painted on it in white. And um, it cast like a very dramatic and very beautiful shadow on the wall behind. 
Um, but I thought it was a bit unfortunate for that work, work in particular that it was placed against the window. Mm. So you couldn't really see the full like silhouette and shadow of the of the tree. So it kind of like uh, didn't the effect of the work a bit. I think. Actually, at the time that I went, because it was midday, um, I didn't get the shadow effect at all because oh. the light was just really strong from that window. So oh. you're right that the placement of that work, I think, was um, maybe took away a little bit from it. I really liked um, that work a lot. It's one of those that um, in concept seems simple, but in execution and impact, it's actually really very nice. Um, similarly, and now that I'm talking about it, I suddenly realized both both the works that I enjoyed the most were both um, sort of tapestries or works that hung from the mm-hmm. ceiling um, because the other one that I really liked and, and stayed with me was Amani Azlin's Angkat Berat. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is, uh, it's a sort of, it, 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 it's actually a, a series of different works that all interrogate her own experience with uh, putting on the hijab. And the most dramatic piece is this huge floor to ceiling print on a, a huge piece of cloth that just kind of hangs from there. And, and as you walk in, it's the first thing you see. Um, there's something very powerful about it. Powerful, but also very vulnerable, especially when you compare it to the photographs on the walls, which all depict her. Um, I think presenting her wearing the headscarf in different ways with different kinds of narratives. Uh, that was one of my favorites. And in a in an interesting way, was not really about the pandemic directly. And I think I quite like that. We are discussing Pause KL, which is an exhibition curated by Sharmin Parameswaran that is happening currently at the Tun Perak Co-op. It's there until the 25th of April. Uh, I'm with Ellen Lee, who is an arts writer. We'll continue the discussion after the break. So keep it here on Everyone's a Critic, BFM 89.9. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic, jointly presented with Chindana. Best Flipping Moments, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic, jointly presented with Chindana. Welcome back to Everyone's a Critic. I'm Sharmila and I'm joined today by Ellen Lee, who is an arts writer. And we are reviewing Pause KL, an exhibition that's currently on at Tun Perak Co-op until the 25th of April. Before the break, we kind of spoke about the show in general uh, and we highlighted a couple of things that we enjoyed. Are there any other works that you'd like to bring up, Ellen, that um, you think is worth, I don't know, that that stood out for you, I guess? Um... (laughs) So we were talking about, before the break, we were talking about Amani's work and I agree that it's a very beautiful work. Like um, it's sort of like monolithic in a way and it's it, it's sort of like a Mona Lisa kind of work, right? Because like she looks very mysterious, but also kind of like cheeky. And um, as a introduction, as like the first thing you see, and I think it's literally the first thing you see because the facade of the ground floor of Tunpera is of like four to ceiling windows. So you can actually see it from the street level even like, before you even go into the space. Um, so as an introduction to the show, I thought it was a very, very, very strong opener. But I I think it was the best part in that series of works. I wasn't a big fan of the rest. Yeah, it, it definitely is kind of the focal point And then the rest of it doesn't necessarily... Um, 
stand up i think to that level of dr- drama even if if yeah. that's all you're talking about um in contrast talking about drama really the other one that as a as a breath of fresh air and, and because i know cc kwas works and i know that she's often quite uh, whimsical and a little bit humorous and tongue in cheek um so i liked uh i liked just the visual impact of this work that kind of um looked almost put together on the fly a little bit all over the place uh, it's called tomorrow 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 and it and it uses things like rolls and rolls of toilet paper which i think everyone during the pandemic um you know became the symbol of hoarding in many ways uh and then all of these very um naive looking um plasticine um little bits of sculpture and then you kind of sit into it and you sit within all of this and you see a steady loop of her different drawings often made out of color pencils and so on i think it had a very it had a very like <laughs> come into my mind over the last year feel which i enjoyed because everything about it was as absurd and as um as i think slight in some ways as the last year was for many people yeah so i i agree um i'm also a huge fan of cc's work she's very like whimsical um but i thought for that work in particular there was a bit too much toilet paper <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's just all toilet paper like for like rows and rows of toilet paper um and i think uh that installation in particular i think it kind of like drowned out the main aspect of the installation which i believe was the stop motion animation which is on this like really tiny um vintage tv which is which is really cute but um very low definition um so i think um it was very cc but also maybe could have been thought out a bit more but also it reminded like incidentally it reminded me it was very juvenile and it reminded me of like children's experience during the mco and lockdown which i don't think was the point of the work but that's what it made me think of you know like oh yeah watching reruns of the same cartoon on this tiny screen or like making these plasticine figures of like outside life and very whimsical but also a bit sad yeah yeah and and Now that you've mentioned that screen, actually CC's um installation uh got me thinking the most about what it means to create pandemic art or art during during this time or actually more accurately expecting people to come to an exhibition at this point in time because you're right I would have liked to be able to see that stop motion on a bigger screen perhaps but yeah. also with more time for me to be able to sit there and kind of take it in a little bit and because of the way it's set up it's in a it's in sort of like this upper platform of their higher floor and pre-pandemic when we didn't have to worry about keeping a distance from people no issues right you can choose to crowd in there with others and watch it um you can choose to perhaps wait while others have done you wouldn't feel so guilty sitting there um and watching the whole thing on a loop i think that because i went on a weekend as well um i think the fact that i could see people sort of uncomfortably hovering at the staircase i could see um that people wanted to come in but couldn't um i didn't necessarily like the idea of having to wait in this cramped space for my turn and all of this got me thinking about how the 
I think most exhibitions now, because they're allowed to run, are being imagined as if the space is still the same. And unfortunately, I think everyone's idea of space has changed. And how we experience art within that space has also changed. And it takes away from my experience when I have to worry about, should I sit in this seat? Should I walk into a space that someone is standing and looking at something because I don't want them to feel uncomfortable? Um, and, and I think a space like Tun Perak Co-op doesn't help because there are too many small corners and spaces in which you have to get into to see the work. Yeah. Yeah, I think like... Um I think the with like the pause series, right? I think um, even though it wasn't uh, explicitly stated, I think part of the intention might have been to sort of get people back into art again, but by doing these large scale kind of like Instagrammable like experiences that can draw more people, uh, also draw people back to these spaces again and try to populate them, try to get business back running again. Um, but it's, it, so I can sort of like understand that, but it's also like not the best art experience, I think, which is... Yeah, because you are constantly weighing, I mean, I had to do this for work. I, I would have probably gone anyway. But for the average person, you are weighing this in terms of the effort of going out, the effort of needing to put on that mask, the effort of um, being around people, and whether that's that's something you want to do. And it's a constant negotiation. It's always underlying, there's always this underlying anxiety to the experience. And so I think that curators or, or um People who run art spaces need to be mindful of how they present their work because um, the work should be, you should be able to experience the work in a way that you're not constantly thinking of, am I at a two meter distance from the person who wants to see it after me? Um, and therefore, something like Cece's work, I while on a normal day, that intimacy and the coziness of, of experiencing like that, maybe if I'd gone on a weekday, it would have been very different. For me, the, the main feeling I had was anxiety, which, yes, is a pandemic effect, but I don't think helps my experience of the work. I don't think it's a good review if an artwork makes you like anxious. So not the artwork, right? The oh, artwork right, yeah. I actually liked, but, but having to, all the things I had to do to, to get yeah. to the artwork made me yeah, anxious. Yeah. And it just got me thinking about, um, until we sort this out, how the very idea of curation, the very idea of how you do, how you present art in a space, I think needs to be reimagined quite a bit. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, I think the overall effects of the pandemic on art is that it sort of made artists a bit more self-conscious and a bit more like anxious about their relevancy to the wider world. And so I, I don't like that artists feel the need to take up a lot of space or to, you know, have like rows and rows of toilet paper, even though it's relevant. But I mean, I, I don't think that's the right way to go to maintain your relevancy in a way. I also think that in this idea of making pandemic art, really, we're still in it. So sometimes I think the challenge is expecting people to have something deep and meaningful to say when you haven't gone through it and you haven't processed what you've gone through. It's a little bit tough. And that might be why um, 
perhaps I was more drawn to something like Amani's work because it's mm. not directly a reflection of the pandemic experience. It feels a little bit more... Um, it feels a little bit more well uh, well formed rather than a an exploration of feelings or ideas that you haven't quite gotten to in some ways. Yeah, I think it's a bit disingenuous also for artists to make art about repetition or uh, t- tedium as if it's a unique experience to artists or to anyone. I mean, like pre-pandemic, our lives were already like quite monotonous, quite repetitive, um, uh, especially for artists, I think, who... Uh, most of whom just sort of like stay at home or their studios generating new ideas. So I think it's a bit misleading and disingenuous to make art about lockdown as if it's a, it's a unique experience. And I so far, but, this, but so far this is the kind of art that I've been seeing post-pandemic. I haven't really seen art that really gets to the the heart of like the trauma, the confusion, the disruption, the lies and the, the double think of the pandemic itself, you know, and everything just sort of feels a bit, uh, maybe like a bit navel gazing, a bit um, self-conscious, but nothing really ruptures. And I think, I, I think, you know, like artists are definitely feeling a bit nervous about their own relevancy. And I think navel-gazing and and monotonous, all of those words that you just used, um, you're right. It's really everyone's experience. It's not exclusive to the art world. That has been what the last year has been like for most of us. Um, We've been discussing Pause KL, which is currently on at Tunperak Co-op. It's there until the 25th of April. And for more information, you can check out the Tunperak Co-op's Instagram or Facebook pages. Ellen, thank you so much for reviewing this with me. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was Ellen Lee, who is an arts writer. She was also part of the Chanana Aswara Arts Writing Mentorship Program. Let us know, um, have you been out for an art exhibition? What are some that uh, that you would recommend? You can WhatsApp us, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. You've been listening to Everyone's a Critic, BFM 89.9. Everyone's a Critic, jointly presented with Chandana. For updates on Malaysian arts and culture, follow Chandana on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.